So the big question is this. How do most agents who don't have access to the secrets that the top agents hoard to themselves grow and prosper in today's real estate environment? That is the question, and this podcast will give you the answers. I'm Pat Hyben, and welcome to Real Estate Rockstars. All right, Rockstar Nation, I have a great returning guest. One of our most downloaded episodes was Peter Hernandez, and he was talking about how to have a 94% close ratio on listing appointments. So if you haven't listened to that episode, you definitely want to go back and hear that. But, but that was about a year ago, and, and he has come up with some really neat things since then, and uh, there's a lot that has changed in the market and, and what he's doing, and, and I was like, you got to come back on and we need to talk again. So without further ado, Peter Hernandez, welcome back to Real Estate Rockstars. Hey, Pat, how are you, man? It's good to see you. Good to be back. Always wonderful to be on your calls. I love talking to you. It kind of reminds me of a couple of real estate pros, you know, shooting the shit. It's good stuff. I really love this. Yeah, absolutely. So, hey, so, so people can get to know you better. Why don't you give everybody a little bio on yourself, Peter? Well, I mean, Pat, I consider myself like the, you know, the serial realtor, the guy that's been in this business, you know, probably longer than anybody. And I've done so many things in the business. Um, you know, I sold for 18 years. I was a branch manager. Um, I was president of Coldwell Banker and the chief operating officer for uh, Coldwell Banker Orange County. I then formed Telus Properties, um, which became a uh, 22 office, three and a half billion dollar firm that we uh, sold to uh, Douglas Elliman. And I currently, my current role is president of the Western region for Douglas Elliman. And so I'm in charge of Aspen and from Coronado down to, uh, I mean, up to Carmel uh, in California. So, you know, I think I'm a lifer at this business. I just love it. Um, <laughs> <laughs> I don't know. It's funny, you know, I mean, we just, we just keep going, right? We just never, you know, you just, uh, it, it, it's something that if you love it, if it's in your blood, I mean, there's just no getting out. So, uh, so how long ago did you sell your company? We sold it. Uh, it's been exactly a year uh, since we've sold it, and wow. uh, you know we've. Um, it's been a, a fantastic acquisition. Um, you know, I've done so many acquisitions, and and I've been on so many different sides of an acquisition. I've been on as an agent. I've been as a manager. I've been as a, a president buying firms, and now as a owner selling a firm. And this has probably been the best acquisition ever. And I think it was because you know, it was the right fit. You know, it's funny, we when you know, in the last, I don't know, couple of years with the market changing a little bit, things tightening a little bit, uh, number of transactions dropping, you know, which is happening all over the country. Everybody was talking, you know, like all the boutiques are talking, should we merge? I mean, the big companies are talking to people, should we buy them? You know, and I'm sure a lot of people were thinking, you know, should we sell now? Is this the right time to sell our company? And so, you know, we got the chance to, to meet a lot of people, look at a lot of books, look at a lot of things. And at the end of the day, my partners and I, we kind of went like, you know what? I think we're going to just keep growing this thing and take it from 22 offices and make it 40 and just, just kind of keep going. And then Douglas Elliman came along and they really caught our attention. And for me, I mean, I could just tell you, Pat, there's lots of great real estate companies out there, um, but I have never, ever, ever met a company with the sophistication and the resources and just the approach to the business that Douglas Elliman brings. I mean, it's got that kind of sophisticated Manhattan uh, element that it brings to the table, uh, combined with the fact that, you know, our, our, our leaders, you know, um, Howard Lorber and Dottie, they're, they're real estate people and they get it, you know what I mean? And so we can pick up the phone and say, hey, we think we should do this and it's approved, you know what I mean? Because they understand what needs to happen. So, you know, it's kind of like a big company that's run like a mom and pop. How many offices really are there total? Oh, and the whole, uh, boy, let me think here. There's over 100 offices, uh, you wow. know, we're in the Hamptons, Manhattan, Florida, Aspen, and then we got 22 offices in California. So, you know, there's a lot of, lot of offices all in key luxury markets. You know, it's, it's a bi-coastal firm, Pat. It's not a, a national firm like some of the other big companies are. We're the largest independent because all of our offices are owned by Douglas Elliman. We're not a franchise. Um, so we'd be the number one largest independent company in the country. And then we're the number three largest, including franchises. So we're right behind Berkshire Hathaway. 
And, and did you did you change the marquees? Did you change the name to du Douglas Elliman? Did you keep it Telus Properties, or what'd you do there? That was, you know, it's so funny. That was maybe the most disappointing part of the whole thing because I was kind of hoping that all the agents would say, "Keep it Telus, keep it Telus." And uh, you know, we do have a tremendous loyalty to Telus, and they love Telus. It was a great company, but they were pretty excited about about changing to Douglas Elliman and getting that power of the brand. You know, there's, it, it opens doors. I mean, there's a, a client base that's been built over 110 years with Douglas Elliman that is loyal. And, um, you know, they have clients that own properties on both coasts. So it's afforded a lot of opportunity for our agents. And I think they were anxious to be able to go out there and say, hey, I'm with Douglas Elliman. Um, and now that Douglas Elliman had bought Telus, they were really on the map in California. So it wasn't like previously where they were one office in Beverly Hills. Nobody really knew who they were in California. And overnight, you know, they have 22 offices from Carmel to Coronado. So it was a good move on their part. I think it was a really good move on our part. I think, I think the competitiveness of the marketplace right now is so tough that you need to arm yourself with every tool. Hmm. So let's talk about that. If you don't mind, we'll just keep rolling with this. So, so why? Why is that? Like, obviously, you guys weighed the decision. You weighed a decision. Eh, let's make this. Let's go to 40 offices. Right. First of all, how long ago did you start TELUS? TELUS was started in 2007. We actually, uh, it was in November. And it was purposely started as we were going into a recession. But honestly, Pat, none of us thought that there would be the run on the banks and it would turn into be the great recession, not the, you know, just a normal recession. So, you know, it was, it was tough, but it kind of honed our skills in a sense. And we were able to learn to operate a firm in really, really tough conditions you know, and to be successful and to grow. And I think we actually had an advantage because all the other firms were cutting back and, and, and closing down offices. And we were adding services and opening offices in a very, very disciplined way, but nevertheless going forward. And, um, you know, it was, a, it was a great, great time to do it, even though it seems like you guys were crazy because, you know, just being in the growth mode versus the, you know, re you know, the ungrowth mode, so to speak, I lost my thought on that, but um, yeah. gave us sort of an edge in the marketplace. Right, right. You're, you're sharper. I think, it, I think it never hurts to think that the, you know, that the market's going to shift. If you always have that mentality, you know, even just a little bit of cynicism, I think you become a better business person. So, but, but, so you grew 10 years, you went from zero to 22 offices, and then you, then you sold. And, and I guess what I'm getting at is that decision, right? That decision to sell had to be based on a little bit of, you know, yeah, this is great for our agents and yeah, this is great for the future of, of everybody involved. But, you know, maybe it's a little risky to go from 22 to 40 over the next five years. So, so what made you think that? Well, you know, you're right. I mean, it, 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 two things. One is part of the decision was made that because we really thought Douglas Elliman would be a great place for our agents to land. You don't, I don't think you build the company thinking we're going to sell it, although it's always in the back of your mind. You know what I mean? You're building it to build something better, to build a company that, that you know, is going to make a difference in the world and hopefully advance the industry and advance real estate. I mean, and we did. We, we, we introduced a lot of technology. We introduced a lot of new concepts to the business. It was very, very exciting. But that being said, you know, there's always that, okay, you get to this like mid-sized firm because we were a mid-sized firm at this point, right? 22 offices is not small anymore. And, and we're up and down the coast of California. We're all working hard. And you realize that to take it to the next level, you're going to need, you know, an infusion of capital. And either you're going to put your own money in into it, or you're going to well, get some capital, uh, venture capital money, or you're going to do something to, to, to make that happen. And I think that's why a lot of people started talking at that time was they're trying to figure out, you know, how do we, how do we like prepare for any possible changes in the market? And I think, I think owners of businesses that are actually writing checks every day, you know, they're more um, aware of when things are changing. As an agent, you kind of don't want things to change. So you're going to say things like, oh, let's wait and get past the Jewish holidays before we ask for that price reduction. Or let's, let's get past Thanksgiving or let's get past New Year's or let's get past the Super Bowl. So you're always putting events ahead of recognizing that, wait, things aren't selling right now. We got to start dropping prices or our clients are going to lose money, right? So, mm -hmm. you know, as an agent, you're always being very, very optimistic. As a business owner, when you're looking at, you know, the business and you're, and you're operating it with and your names on a bunch of leases and things like that, you're going to look at it a little differently. 
Okay, so what what's the market like now, say in California or in, in your market area? Well, this, what's that? Let's start with that. What's the market like? Well, let's go out further. Um, let's look at it globally first, Pat. I think that's okay. the best way to do it. And right. and in Europe, in London, they say you know they have the flu right now. Uh, they're going through a a price correction. Uh, I think they're starting to come out of the other end of it. But they 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 really had they really got sick with the flu. Hmm. New York. You know what I mean? New York has a bad cold. And I just heard recently that they feel their business is picking up and that the prices have corrected and things are starting to move again. Mm. I think California has the sniffles. You know, we're seeing signs of, of price sensitivity. We're seeing, you know, property sitting that would probably have sold, you know, a few months ago. I think it changed in May. You know, we do a call every single week called the Market Whisperer. It's part of our podcast series. And, you know, we watch the numbers weekly and the numbers have been like very, very consistent in that the number of sales has been continually going down for the last 10 years. Prices have been continually going up and, and listing inventory, you know, even though it's increased a little bit recently, it's still very low. So what we're seeing is a market where buyers are looking at properties on Zillow or, or Redfin or our websites and they're saying, you know, why is the seller listed there? I can see where he should be listed. I don't have to make a move or make an offer. I'm just going to sit and wait him out. And mm. a lot of buyers are doing that right now because they know the market as well as the agents do when it comes to value. Hey, rock stars. Are you worried that your next set of leads will be a total waste of time and money? Or maybe that those missed calls and texts are turning potential clients into missed opportunities. You should be because these are two huge problems that will absolutely ruin a real estate business's profitability. Fortunately, Rebus CTO Austin Altman and I have come up with a solution. Rebus Complete. And it's got everything you need to maximize conversion commissions and profitability guys this is the total package when you sign up not only are you getting the best training in the industry every single course we offer you're getting high quality exclusive leads and access to the most advanced follow-up systems on the market i've got austin on the line now to talk about what rebus complete has to offer hey austin why don't you start by telling our listeners about the leads we send our members. Sure. Well, like you said, Pat, these are high quality. They're not just people who are passively interested in real estate. They are people who are actively looking to buy and or sell in our members market right now. Also, every single lead we send is 100% exclusive. We aren't sending the same leads out to hundreds or even thousands of agents like most lead distributors. When an agent gets a lead from our program, it's theirs and theirs alone. Wow, and these leads are integrated into our automated follow-up system, right? That's absolutely right. All of our leads are managed by the system's state-of-the-art AI. And what's awesome about that is the fact that it not only makes extremely fast contact with incoming leads, but it can also be configured to book appointments based on agents' availability automatically. It's a foolproof system no more missed contacts, and no more missed opportunities. Wow, that's kind of cool. Actually, it's quite incredible. Uh, guys, like the experts say, it takes speed to lead to succeed. If you're not able to respond to a lead within five minutes, you might as well forget about it. Yeah, it really is the answer to the follow-up problem that causes agents to lose potential business. And it's not just great for the hot leads we're sending to our members. The system also nurtures leads that aren't ready to take action today. It does everything from emails to text to ringless voicemails, even physical postcards. The system makes sure that whenever a lead is ready to buy or sell a home, our members are the agent that they think about first. <laughs> Man, I wish I had that when I was selling real estate. All right, Austin, this is great. Why don't you just tell our listeners how they could get more information on Rebus Complete. Sure. Either they text Rebus, R-E-B-U-S, to 444-999, or they can go directly to hybendigital.com slash Rebus. The page has more information on the program. In fact, it's got a video 
really going into a little bit of detail about what the program has to offer. And it also includes a form that agents can complete to book a complimentary discovery call. Oh, and if you're interested in becoming a Revis Complete member, you're going to want to act fast. Before I forget, I wanted to mention that we assign slots on a zip code basis so that we can ensure that leads are exclusive. Unfortunately, that means once a slot for a zip code is full, we're not able to take on any new members in that area. Guys, you don't want to miss out on this. Pause the podcast and go to hybendigital.com slash Rebus. That's hybendigital.com slash R-E-B-U-S or simply text R-E-B-U-S, Rebus, to 444-999. That's Rebus to 444-999. Hey, and if you're enrolled in any Rebus course, don't forget to mention that during your complimentary call, what we're going to do for current customers is waive the entire membership setup fee. This is a game changer, guys, and I guarantee that you're going to regret it if you miss your chance to join. Pause the podcast and go to hybendigital.com slash Rebus or just text the word Rebus, R-E-B-U-S, to 444-999. That's Rebus to 444-999 now. That's interesting. I had a lender tell me recently for the first time, you know, he said in his career, it was only, it's a nine-year career, which is a pretty decent career. Houses are over appraising, right? Like almost every appraisal is coming in high. What does that tell you? What market is he in? He's in California, actually. He's in San Diego. So when I look at the marketplace, you know, you, we, I mean, each market has sub-markets or micro-markets, right, Pat? So, like in L.A., you can have the Bird Streets, Bel Air, Beverly Hills, Homeby Hills, you know, Culver City, Venice. I mean, there's all these micro-markets that are operating very independently of each other. And depending on, you know, how developers have entered the market, how the inventory is either swelled or not, depending on how much prices have pushed up over the last few years, you know, is, is all figuring into how that market's operating right now. And so you really need to drill down into each marketplace and actually look at the stats. I mean, I could see certain markets over appraising. I can see certain markets under appraising. So to me, I would, I would have to get more specific with that. I, I couldn't take that statement and generalize it for California. Yeah. I'm saying. I mean, his point was, you know, prices obviously are going down because they're, you know, the they yes, are down yesterday. They're probably, they probably corrected 10 to 20% already. And our, really? our sellers just, yeah, our sellers just don't know it. That's crazy, though. That's a lot. I mean, 1% is a lot, right? So to be, a lot of these markets, you say 10%. If you have a half well, million dollar at, house, and that's and 50 really, And Pat, too, don't, don't forget, you know, we're looking 10 to 20% off listing prices. So those aren't actual comps. I would say the market's still up or even in most cases with the last sales that have occurred. There hasn't been any downward movement from what people have purchased at. But our sellers are coming out very aggressively right now. And when you look at somebody that thinks they're going to get 20% more than the last sale, they're not. And that's why you, you see the market coming down like that. Well, let's, let's just for now, uh, for the purpose of giving value here on this podcast, so let's, just, let's assume that markets are going to see a downward trend. And I'm not wishing that. I'm not predicting that. I'm just saying let's just assume for, for purposes of learning what did agents not do uh, last time that you would recommend that they do this time in case that does happen? You know, you got to get really, really real with your clients and you have to, I mean, let's start with the agent first and the agent yes. mentality. You have to accept change. You've got to be ready to shift gears. And like I said, it's, it's not, you know, the fact that we're back to school. It's not that summer's over. It's not that we're involved, you know, all these little traditional reasons for business slowdowns. It's none of that. You know, the market has changed. We're, we're going to see a correction. Um, I don't think we're going to see a recession. The economy is way too strong. Uh, there's too many consumer confidences at an all-time high. But when you take interest rates from, you know, three and a half and you move them to 5%, that's a one and a half percent increase. That means your payments have doubled. So if your payments mm. doubled, you know, and the prices have gone up, I mean, that creates affordability issues, right? And so you'd have to realize that you know, prices can't keep pushing with interest rates going up and everything else unless jobs, people start making more money and are able to afford it. So it becomes really just an affordability thing for me. 
when you move into the markets like that we're in, the real high-end luxury markets where that really doesn't matter because if they want it, they buy it, psychologically they're affected. So they see, they see the rates going up, they see what's happening psychologically, and they're obviously very investment-oriented, and they're going to say, let's, let's just sit on the sidelines and watch a little bit. What happens, though, is properties come on the market at the right price, at what I would call perceived market value, at where it should be listed. And when that happens, Pat, it's just as, it's just as good a market as it's ever been. It's crazy, right? So the market's not bad. There's nothing wrong with it. It's just that we have to get out of the mentality that we can keep getting more and more and more right now because that's not what's happening. Mm-hmm. Do you think that the consumer is spoiled now almost permanently, right? Or just spoiled maybe temporarily with regards to time on the market? I mean, and, and the reason I say this, Peter, is this you see all these companies coming out, you see offer pad open door. I just saw that uh, Reology opened up a, an iBuyer program where, you know, where they, basically will buy your house for cash, you know, give you an offer online and buy your house for cash. Zillow, you know, has created one. Um, so they're coming out and the, and the allure to these things for a seller is one thing and one thing only, and that's fast money, right? right. Fast money. Uh, otherwise, they would, they would just put it on the market and make 20, you know, 20% more. And in most markets, that doesn't even mean that long of a time. It means probably less than 30 days. So sellers are actually saying, you know, I don't want, an op- I don't want two open houses. I don't want to show people my house. Da, 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 da. I don't want to, you know, have to fix or replace my carpet. And, and, and they're willing to give up 20% equity just or, or 15% equity just to, you know, get something really fast. And these companies are thriving. Is something wrong with the perception of sellers now that everything has to be so fast? Is it really worth that much loss in your house to have a fast deal? I, I, I don't see that, Pat. I don't see sellers saying, hey, just get me an offer and I'll sell it for a lot less. Uh, I'm seeing the opposite, actually, right? And and it's interesting because we... Why do you think these companies are, are doing so well? Like well, how- there's people that are going to be hurting. That's a different story. If you're hurting for money and you have to sell... These people are looking, they're bottom, they're bottom feeding is what they're doing. And they're looking for deals. And there's nothing wrong with it. It's, it's like the, the billboard that you drive down the freeway and it says, you know, I'll buy your ugly house. I mean, right. it's kind of a crazy ad, but it's, it's, it's a reality that somebody can't sell their property. They need money. It's like selling your, you know, your grandma's watch because you need money. So you go to the pawn shop, you take a hit. And I think that it's, it's, it's always going to be. There's room for all these different models in the marketplace. So whether you're a discount broker, full service broker, something in between, you know, we're seeing that, you know, there's a flavor for everybody. And I think that, you know, most sellers are going to want to get top dollar. You, you know where you also see it too, Pat? And this is another area where that's happening is in pocket listings. So when people, you know, don't want their house to be shown, they don't want their neighbor to know that the house is on the market, you know, they'll do a pocket listing and then you'll market it to your agent friends, you'll market it to your sphere, you'll... You'll, you'll, you'll do some things without going on the MLS or on the, uh, on the internet, hoping to find a buyer. You know, the problem with that is the buyer has no clue whether they're overpaying and the seller has no clue whether they're underselling. So you have nothing to, to kind of like measure against. Whereas if you go on the market, you're on the MLS, you're on Zillow, you're everywhere, you know that everybody knows about your property and, and the price you're getting is top dollar. Right. It's like the difference of selling a house uh, at an auction where one guy shows up or selling a house at an auction where a hundred people show up, you're, you're inevitably going to get a lot more money at the auction with a hundred people. You know, that's interesting. So think of this. So fall is traditionally buyer season. I don't know if you realize that, but fall is traditionally when, you know, the, the buyers are real, they're out, they're really trying to close something before the end of the year. It's a really, really good time for buyers. And they also have the opportunity to get a good deal because there aren't as many buyers. So you have more real buyers, not as many. You have probably a few more properties on the market than you normally would, like spring where things are going quickly. And so buyers can then, you know, get out there and they can, you know, make offers on things. Buyers are funny. You know, it's hard to get them to write. We have a lot of sellers that say to us all the time, I don't want to drop my price, but just bring me an offer. And we're going, we can't get anybody to write an offer because your price (laughs) is too high. Right. Right. And it's like, it's really a frustrating conversation and you go around in circles with the seller over and over again. 
But as agents, we've got to get better at getting buyers to write, you know, getting buyers to write anything, you know, just to get the conversation going. Because as you know, until the agents quit, a deal is never dead. And as long as agents are keeping clients talking and working together and negotiating, you're going to inch that thing together. It may take longer. Well, it's your point. It, it, it is changing. It is changing because I've, uh, you know, there's, I don't know if you've heard of Shelter Zoom, but um, the owner of Shelter Zoom came on my show. And, and basically what it is, it's a, it's a letter of intent. It's an electronic letter of intent like commercial real estate has where you basically offer now and you, you, you go on the, you know, as an agent, you can buy a Shelter Zoom button and, they, and you put it on your website. And if someone wants to write an offer on a property, they can go and hit offer now. And it fills out a letter of intent. Oh, I'll put 10 grand down. I'm going to offer you this. So it takes the emotion and the arduousness out of, oh, writing an offer. It makes writing an offer really easy. Like you could just put out a whole bunch of letters of intent and you don't necessarily have to put your money to where your mouth is until the seller says yes, right? And then you got like 24 hours to lock it up. Just like commercial real estate. No different right. than commercial right. real estate. And that's it's kind like of- you have an agreement and concept, but it's not binding. So everybody yes. feels safe. And that's kind of what uh, Purple Bricks and some of these other companies are doing too, where they're, they're setting up uh, electronic systems where buyers can just offer directly to the seller, whether it's through a blockchain system or, or, or not. It just goes straight there. The agents know about it, but the agents can't stop it, right? And audit it and say, no, you need to offer more or no, that's insulting or no, I refuse to write that you know, my reputation is at stake. All that bullshit is gone, right? And it allows the buyer to go directly to the seller and it happens really fast. And um, so I think you're going to see a lot more low ball offers with new technology because you can make an offer in five minutes. As a member of the Rockstar Nation, you may have noticed that every guest that comes on the show now is required to bring with them a free tool an item of utility that real estate agents can use to drastically increase their sales and profits. Some of the things that have been brought have been ebooks, forms, reports, negotiating techniques, hiring guides, postcards, checklists, open house secrets, newsletters that are sent out, sphere of influence forms, referral request forms, and the list goes on and on. If you would like to get this free toolbox, full of items of utility simply go to hybendigital.com backslash toolbox that's hybendigital.com backslash toolbox or simply text toolbox to 444-999 that's toolbox to 444-999 You know, we, I've actually seen residential agents write letters of intent lately, which is interesting. Not a lot, but I've seen like three or four recently. And I think it's a, a great way to open a conversation without, without, like you say, writing a formal offer. Although formal offers just take seconds to write with zip forms and everything and DocuSign. It's like, it's so quick. I mean, it's like, really? That's a, that's a problem? I mean, come on. And so, you know, there, there's a, uh, a line that we haven't used in a long time but you know when somebody says to you you know the property is overpriced you know you can always say to them well what would you pay for it yeah and when they give you that number you can say let's write an offer put your money where your uh, mouth and is then if they say well i really wouldn't pay that then you say well, what would you pay you know and you finally get them to admit what they pay and then you write the offer but i think that that you know some of the you know the the, the skills that we had like whether meeting with a seller and getting a price reduced you know or on a listing presentation and giving them the real number and not being afraid that if they don't like it, you're not going to get the listing. I mean, those kinds of things, those skills right now have to be rushed off and brought back in because, you know, there's a lot of sellers out there that they're, they have the properties on the market. There's no action. It's crickets. It's literally crickets. It's just because they're maybe priced 6% too high, which is so small. But if they just dropped the number 6%, they would have offers. Yeah. I think I think that's one of the hardest things. I remember from when I was selling, that was one of the hardest things that frustrated me more when you would lose listings on price and it's easy to do. I mean, I tell new agents to win listings on price just so they get calls on the Zillow and calls off the sign, but but as an experienced agent, it's very frustrating. I mean, what what do you recommend to your agents to do with that? 
it's so difficult to be like, well, I don't want the business because he's unwilling to be realistic in price and then see your worst competitor who you compete with and hate list it and then drop the price after 30 days and it sells. That's right. I mean, so what I commission. So what I coach our agents, Pat, and you'll love this is you can't reduce another agent's listing. You can't reduce another agent's listing. So you're right. Get the listing. But I, but I do believe that agents are going to look at them more carefully because if you take a, an expensive listing per se, and, and it has a big marketing budget, you know, associated with it, and you're going to be spending all this money on it to sell it and it doesn't sell. I mean, that's not money you can recoup, right? Mm-hmm. So I think we have to look at it in several ways. One is, is the motivation of the seller there? Will they reduce over time? Is this something that if they know I've put my best foot forward and it hasn't sold, I can get a reduction and get it sold or not? Second question I'd ask myself is, if I had this listing, what could I do with it to generate more listings or more buyers so that I can make some money from it even if it doesn't sell? So those are the two ways I would look at it. And, and some listings are really good for that. And it may be you know, right in your farm. It might be a listing that has high visibility that you're going to get a lot of calls from and things like that. So you know, look at it as a expense to probability and then look at it also as there a way to generate more business from this listing um, because of its marketing value or whatever I can do with it to, to find buyers and sellers. Wow. Wow. Great advice. Great advice. I love it. Okay. So what else is a big concern with your agents right now that you seem to be addressing more than you were say six months ago? Well, I think, I think what the, I think what's going on right now is what's really hard for agents is, you know, the fact that business is tough. And I think, you know, managing their mental game, Pat, is, is, is huge. It's huge because if you're focusing on the market or you're focusing on, you know, your business not being where it needs to be, or let's just say you lost a big listing or a buyer bought from somebody else you can't afford to go down. You know, I call it bounce back ability. You know, it's that ability to to get right back into the game. It's like if you had a, if your child was playing soccer and, 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 and got, you know, you know, bounced a little hard, you know, you brush your child off and you get them right back on the field. And, and, and we have to look at it that way. So a lot of agents I think are ignoring their own, you know, personal well being, And I think a lot of agents aren't, focusing on, you know, their health and, 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 and their emotional uh, IQ, you know, they maybe aren't going to enough seminars or not, they're not listening to your calls. They're not doing those things to keep themselves motivated right now. And what we're pushing and what I push and what I believe is like, you know, lead by example, you know, and, and show your agents how to be the fittest they can be physically, to eat well so they have good fuel, so they could, you know, work the long hours. I mean, real estate is a lifestyle, not a job. That's about the best way I could put it. You know, we're in the movie theater. Our phone's ringing. we got to go take the call. We're at mm-hmm. dinner table with our family. It rings. You're planning on leaving on Sunday for a trip, but then you've got the buyer that wants to see the house. I mean, our lives are disrupted. It's a very difficult business is the best way to say it. And... It's a very exciting business because there's no ceiling to what we can make, but our, our ability to perform and to be at our peak levels at all times absolutely requires us to do certain things to make sure that, that we're you know, in perfect shape. Like, like one thing, for example, and maybe this is what I can send to your, your group too, is, is, is having a great morning routine. You know, every day you, have, you hear this a lot. I'm not the only person saying this, but I've been doing it a long time. And I've got a, a brown leather chair I get into every morning at 5 a.m. And I have my little ritual of things I do to put myself mentally, emotionally, in every way, spiritually, into the proper mindset to take on the day. Because it could be a great day or it could be a mother, right? And you have mm. to be prepared, whatever happens, to put your best game face on and to always do really well. People tell me all the time that life's easy for me. You know what I mean? If they knew what was going on inside my head, they wouldn't agree. And so you have to know... <laughs> You have to know that it's what I do and how I prepare myself and how I reprogram myself every single day because I'm like everyone else. I go to the most cynical, dark places sometimes. And so I've got to, I have to work really, really, really hard to come from an abundance mentality, a gratitude mentality, you know, a very faithful mentality, and a very fit physically and emotionally in every which way I can to be able to handle all this. And I think that 
you know, the disciplines that are required, Pat, the, the rhythms, the, the, the consistency and the patterns and things like that are so important. And I don't see it. I don't see it in agents. I see them try. I see them like on the business side, they'll try a geo farm for two months and they don't get any activity. So then they'll switch to door knocking for a week and that doesn't work. And then they try an open house, but only one person comes, you know? And so what happens is they get these itchy ears for the three hacks to euphoria or the five surefire methods to get a sale. And, and the reality is, is that we have to stay in the basics and we have to keep doing what we need to do, whether we're getting the results or not, with consistency over and over and over, and we will get results. There's mm. a, I have a friend. He works in our Manhattan Beach office. His name is Brett Miller. He paid, played for the uh, New York Jets. Great football player. He was a newscaster. Great guy, right? You know what he says to me? At, at that level of play, you're paid to practice, not play. Mm-hmm. It's the grind. It's not... It's not catching the pass in the end zone with the TV cameras on you. It's hitting those bags day after day after day, whether you like it or not. Right, because at the, the end of the day, you, you, you can't control. Like when, when, the, when the ball gets fumbled in it and it happens to be at your feet, you can't control you know, that happening. Right. right? But you can right. control through conditioning and practice what to do you know, when that happens. And I think that's what you're getting at. Right. Right. And so if you, if you do these things, like have the great morning routine, you know what I mean? Like I get there every morning. I, I read my affirmations. I read my spiritual readings. I, I, I write a, a prayer to God, which is like my, my journaling. You know, I think about what I'm grateful for. I hit CrossFit every day, like at 6 a.m. or 7 a.m., depending on, on, um, I also do a few emails before I actually go to, to work out. You know, then I have an amazing breakfast. I mean, I don't eat sugar. I don't eat flour. I don't, I mean, I just don't. And it's not because they don't taste good, but the reality is they don't work. And I don't have the energy and I don't have mm. the ability and the stamina. You know, if you're a leader of a firm, you've got to be the lead horse. You've got to be out front running harder and faster than everybody. You know this, Pat. People always say, oh, you're the president of uh, the Western region. That means you have everybody doing everything for you. I said, no. I said, it means I'm the biggest slave. And it's the reality. <laughs> and, and, you're the and one so being you, watched the most, right? You don't watch true. people. They watch you. But the more responsibility you have, the harder you work. And, uh, and, and, and so, you know, being, you know, the best version of yourself, like real estate sales. You're, you're in the sales business. And guess what? You're your biggest billboard. And so where are you mentally? Where are you emotionally? Where are you physically? Where are you? Are you, are you at your best in peak game? Because guess what? That's what you're selling. Now, Peter, were you always like that or did, did you shift? It, it, it's an iteration. And I tell people that you can't go from zero to 60 in, in, in you know, a month. And it'll be a series of, of working on it, falling backwards, working on it, falling backwards. But the idea is if you iterate and keep working on it and working on it, I mean, I've done everything. I've been a vegan, I've been a paleo, I've done CrossFit, I've done triathlons, you know what I mean? But it's, but it's, it's always been an, an evolution and a thing. Like, like let's just switch gears. Not, let's not talk physical for me. Like, my emotionality is probably the most important thing. And people don't work on that. People have patterns of reacting and acting that they've been doing their entire lives, not even thinking they could shift or get better at something. I like to do is yeah, what I like yeah, to do is yeah. is um, is is pay attention to these things. So like, if somebody says something to me and I and I react the same way to what they're telling me every single time, but it's not the way I want to react, then I stop and I think about it and I go, okay, how would I like to react in this situation? What are the results? Am I, is the relationship more important? Is being right more important? I ask myself all those questions, right? And then when I once I get to my answer. Then, I, then I'll create an affirmation around it. Like when A happens, I, I, I always act B. Mm. And then that becomes part of my affirmation program so that the next time that happens, I, I'm going to respond differently because I don't want to keep circling that same drain. And so whether it's what I say or how I feel or how I want to approach situations, I'm constantly looking at the way I want to be versus the way I maybe, I, maybe I had something happen to me when I was young and it causes a pattern. We don't have to stay in those patterns. And it just takes a little bit of reflection and then thinking about how you'd like to be and then just reminding yourself all the time in your morning, uh, in your morning uh, you know, meditation. So 
you know, things like that, Pam, is how agents are going to be able to be really successful. When you talk to really, really top agents, usually it's about how they're going to be either more organized, more motivated, how to grow, how to handle, you know, they're not really working on their open house skills anymore. It's more about <laughs> personal growth. Yeah. You know what I mean? Yeah, and well, so, you know, I like the idea of every day, starting the day by deciding, are you going to be the best version of Peter today? And, and what does that look like? Right? So it's not like, um, it's not like, okay, I'm going to lose this anger problem, or I'm going to use, I'm going to lose this ability to, you know, or this uh, deficiency that I have. It's okay, today, I'm going to be rational and calm and serene. I'm not going to exactly. react. You know, I'm going back to your because I'm not going to react today. And then you're setting it up for today. And then tomorrow you do the same thing. And then eventually it becomes a habit and you become more mature. It's kind of cool, right? Like we talk about mental IQ all the time. But if you think about it, your emotional IQ is, is, is so important. Probably more important because how you feel is, is a lot about how you're going to be. And so, you know, working on your emotions is, 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 is amazing. And, and think of it this way, too. How emotional is real estate? And maybe that's why I came to this place. Maybe that's why I sort of got this idea to start doing this because, you know, you, you know you've got the buyer. He wants to buy the $4 million house. Yay, yay, yay. Show him the house. You're right. Oh, someone else buys it. Yeah. Oh, now guess what? We have a listing lead. We're up. We're up. We're up. We're up. Yo. You know what I mean? We're up. We're down. We're up. We're down all day long. So we have to learn to to really be able to manage ourselves or we're going to be basket cases. And, it, oh, and, and I think it's, it, it's, it's only natural. And the other thing too, Pat, is if you think about it, when I reflect back over my life, I can't even tell you what my old problems were. Hmm. That's funny. Think That's about funny. it. That's interesting. You know what I mean? Yeah. And yet when you're in the problem, you think it's never going to end. Yeah. And, 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 you know, it goes kind of back to the health thing. It's like, why, why is it then when we're stressed, we, tell ourselves that we're going to blow off health related issues. Like, or, you know, when you're stressed, you drink more, when you're stressed, you eat more, when you're stressed, you blow off exercise. Yet that is the exact thing that you actually need the most to help you with your stress level. But, um, but agents and salespeople and people that are busy tend to do the opposite. Why, why do you think that happens? It's an escape. Yes. An escape. Yes. That's escape. why. Yeah. And, and and that's what we can't really. I mean, escapes are good, but let's have healthy escapes, right? You know, I think we. I, you know, it's that's interesting, right? I mean, I it was it's I I push uh, really hard in our offices, you know, at our meetings and stuff to have healthy foods. And the other day, I hadn't been to this office in a while, and the donuts were back, and they weren't just donuts. I mean, they they were donuts with bacon on them. I mean, they were gourmet donuts with just like. Like just like made for a heart attack and diabetes. I, I don't understand. You'll, you'll get them. You'll eat one donut and you're you're going to be like going to the hospital. I mean, and I'm shocked that donuts even exist because you know it's essentially dessert that you know. I mean, it's, it's like worse a, than dessert. It's a freaking cake and ice cream. First thing, I mean, who does that? I don't get it, but it's it's. I mean, it's great marketing. It's like pop tarts, right? Like who came up with pop tarts? I mean, good God, it's like. You know, <laughs> I mean, who does so, that first thing? It's crazy. So I'm trying to like, one of the emotional things I'm working on is trying to, well, meditation's great, right? So if you're feeling really, really stressed, one of the great things to do is to meditate and to watch your breathing and to think about that. Um, I don't know if you've ever had, if you've ever, you know, read Mark Devine's book or talked to him, you know, he wrote, he's the Navy SEAL guy that wrote Unbeatable Mind. and He talks a lot about meditation and breathing and, and, and that's a really great way but he, but basically what he's saying is we can control our minds and our stress levels you know if we work on it and practice it and meditation and breathing is one of the ways to practice on doing that but the other thing i do which is even better for me is i i actually have just changed my attitude towards stress i think stress is healthy i think it's i think it's exciting i think it's like it energizes me that's why i don't even think about retiring i think about working i you know who impresses me warren buffett he and his partner, he's 88, his partner's 94. <laughs> yeah, that's crazy. They just had a conference. They stood in front of thousands and thousands and thousands of people and had them all on their feet in a standing ovation. And Char yeah, Charlie Munger, his partner, is in, is in a wheelchair. Like, like, I went to the 2016 Berkshire Hathaway convention, and I went to that thing, and they that was two years ago, and they pushed him out in a wheelchair. And I'm like, These oh guys my. are studs. They're, and, they're and more relevant. Than, they're like so investors. relevant. 
they were um they they allow like you know you're allowed to stand up and ask questions to to a degree they have a system of course but so people would stand up and be like you know da -da 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 -da, just winging stuff at them and they were catching a ball and throwing it back and i mean they, their answers were spot on i was like holy dirt how do they have such wit you know because they kept their minds active they, they they weren't looking forward to getting in the lazy chair with the remote control they're 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 excited about what they do. They love life. They're pushing forward. You know, there's this, this analogy that I always have in my head that I always, I, like, I think about, like, those salmon swimming upstream. You've seen those pictures of it where the, where yeah. the stream's coming down hard. They're jumping over rocks. There's bears on the side swiping at them. You know what I mean? <laughs> and, they're, and I think of that like fighting the inertia of life because life is trying to get us to eat the donut, to sit in the lazy boy to, you know, not work out in the morning, not get up early, go to bed late. I mean, everything bad for us is kind of what life is pushing on us. And so we have to be like that salmon and swim against the current. And we have to dodge all those obstacles that are in the way. And that's, and that's, and that's a fit little cool fish. And so I think about that. And I think about, you know, if I can, if I can keep myself at this, I'm, I'm glad to kind of say this publicly, if I can keep myself in that mindset, where I'm going to push myself every day 10 times, you know, hit CrossFit, always go for new personal records, keep refining my diet, keep my work at, you know, 60, 70 hours a week, keep my, uh, uh, my relationships at home top notch, keep my emotional IQ, you know, to the best it can be to keep myself, you know, just taking this, this, this gift that I've been given called life and just maxing it out, I think is, I think is a great goal. And that's what I see when I bring up Warren Buffett and Charlie Munger, because those guys have done that and are they, doing it. So they inspire you. How old are you, Peter? I'm 66. So, so you're definitely the oldest guy in CrossFit, because I, I did CrossFit for a year and a half or so, and, and I'm 52, and I was the oldest. I was by far the oldest guy showing up there. I mean, so you're killing it with that, and that's, that's, that's no joke. Now, now, so hats off to you on that, but here's what I want to talk about. Um, so when you say about how like the enemy is the donut, the enemy is the uh, oh, snooze, snooze button, whatever it is, right? Let's put that in perspective of the real estate agent and the enemy being the squirrels, right? The things that are distracting yeah. them yeah. from the basics. Yeah. Um, so what are some things that are the enemy just like the donut or the snooze button or the, you know, third martini? What, 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 what else is there? Well, the enemy is really disguised um, in that case. Um, the first enemy is time because mm -hmm. time flies faster as a real estate agent than any other profession. Um, and so you can like start something and say, you know, and then, you know, it's March and you haven't made a sale. You know what I mean? There's, there's that. And you remember that as a real estate agent, how fast time goes by whether you're waiting for an escrow close or anything. So that's number one. So you have to be extremely disciplined with your time and make sure that you're using every minute of the day to be productive and successful. The other place, the other enemies are where agents get sucked into is, is all the things that, that create business in the future. Like, you know, working on their social media, working on their marketing, working on their um, geo farming, all those things. And those are all things that I recommend you do but if, honest to God, Pat, if you were going to make, if you had to make money right now, I wouldn't want you to work on a mailing campaign. Mm -mm. If you had to make money right now, I would say, let's pick the phone up and start calling people. Or let's hold an open house where there's a vacant house and start meeting some people. Because the only way we're going to make money right now is having a face-to-face -face conversation with somebody or an on-the-phone conversation with somebody where you can investigate, find out, and get to a, you know, see if there's anything that you can do for them in real estate. And what's interesting to think about real estate like my buddy Fred Wilson says, everybody lives somewhere. Everybody's life is changing. That means everybody's a 50-50 shop that they could, you know, want to buy or sell a house in real estate. <laughs> so wow. whether you're standing in line at Starbucks, somebody walks into your open house, whether you're picking up the phone, starting in the A's in your directory, if you really want to make money, that is the fastest, best way. But what agents do, the, the enemy is, is let's work on our mailing piece and let's spend, you know, three weeks thinking about what font to use. <laughs> and that's a problem. And that crushes you. It crushes you. Or, you know, putting off calling people or not being consistent. All these things have to be very, very consistently done. So that's number one. The second thing, like I said earlier on the call, is jumping around. You don't give anything a chance to work. 
So if mm. you start a mailing program and you don't do it for two, three, four, five years, you have no idea whether it works. If you're going to door knock, you have to door knock. You have to keep door knocking and just do it day after day after day. If you're, you know what I mean? Everything requires consistency and persistence, everything. And you should probably pick two or three things and do them regularly. So in my mind, Pat, the enemy is, 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 is getting impatient, jumping around. It's probably putting things in front of talking to someone right now today and not um, paying attention and having good time management. So, so not having good time management, picking one thing and sticking to it for a long, long time. You're a startup. By the way, you're a startup. Okay, what time? Mike, I have an appointment at one. Remember, but um, yep. okay, this this flew by so fast. Okay, um, well, we'll wrap it up. So, so that that's fascinating. I agree with you on all those points there, buddy. I mean, that's definitely cool. So, Peter, let's wrap this up with your free gift. What is the free gift you're bringing the uh, rock star audience today? I'm going gonna, I'm gonna, I'm gonna to send you a page out of our secret black book and creating the conversation with your seller on that. It could be a whole other call, but it's a, uh, it's a very cool tool. A page from the secret black book, and the black book is a listing presentation that we created at Douglas Elliman. And in there, it talks about like, where are you going to find my buyer? And the question is, well, did you know there's four types of buyers? Mm. And it's passive buyers, active buyers, buyers you know, and buyers you don't know. And- Mr. Seller, let me tell you how I'm going to reach all four of those buyers. That's awesome. So, guys, I'm going to put that. Uh, I'm going to put it at hybendigital.com backslash Peter Hernandez, H-E-R-N-A-D-E-Z, and then the number, numeric number two, Peter Hernandez two. Peter, this has been brilliant, buddy. I appreciate you coming on. Thank you so much, guys. It'll also be in the agent success toolbox at hybendigital.com backslash toolbox or text the word toolbox to 444999 to get the secret page of Peter's Black Book. Best of luck to you. I really appreciate, always enjoy our time together, Peter. And uh, let's talk again soon. Thank you very much, Pat. Thank you so much for tuning in to Real Estate Rockstars. If this free content is giving you a ton of value, I want to ask a small favor in return. I need you to pull out your pointing finger and hit the subscribe button. Yes, hit subscribe, please. The more subscribers that we get on Real Estate Rockstars, the better guests are attracted to the shows. We'll get more guests from the top companies, from the top teams, and even more celebrity guests like Robert Kiyosaki and Barbara Corcoran. Also, if you're not a member of our free Facebook group, Go to Real Estate Rockstars Radio right on Facebook and join the conversation. I'm on there myself on FaceTime Lives, and we have a lot of communications and questions about the show, and I'd love to see you there. And it's free. People ask me all the time, where am I on social media? I'm real easy to find. Just type in my name. My IG is I am Pat Hyben. It is blowing up on Instagram, adding tons of subscribers. And I'm on there probably twice a day. So definitely follow me on Instagram as well as everywhere else. Thanks again for listening and keep rocking. This podcast is a part of the C-Suite Radio Network. For more top business podcasts, visit c-suiteradio.com.